Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling with Fetish. Uh, I'm here today with uh, a guest I've uh, I've either had previously or later on, depending on how in what order I release these. But uh, this is my friend Andrew Shearer, who runs Gonzerific Productions at gonzerific.com. Producer of uh, Can you describe it again? It was post post exploitation feminist underground cinema. And Andrew and I have been uh, really good friends since about the seventh grade, um, and we've both kind of traveled similar paths. Uh, not only that, but Andrew is a journalist, uh, has been working uh, in Athens as such for how long now? Like over 20 oh, years? Oh boy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you've interviewed tons of people. I do have John Waters' phone number in my in my what? phone. I do, but you know, it'd be a faux pas to call him. Mm. It was just for an interview. How was that? Great. I'm sure you lost your shit. Uh, you know, it was when Multiple Maniacs was being uh, re-released mm-hmm. and uh, he was doing press for it. And the greatest quote from him, if you want to know... Uh, he goes, you know, the thing I want people to know about Divine was Divine was not transgender. Mm-hmm. It's like, Divine didn't want to be a woman. He wanted to be Godzilla. <laughs> that actually makes perfect sense. It was a wonderful. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you guys have been asking for something for the last year or two. I've been getting tons of emails, tons of DMs, lots of tweets where you guys keep asking for a podcast that lays out how... Zebra Kids World got started, how this thing even became a thing. Why is it that I'm even talking to you right now? Um, and a lot of you are, are trying to be up-and-coming producers who have been asking me for tips and stuff, and I, I can only give you so much because a lot of it had to do with the circumstances of, of when it started, which is hard to explain. So I've asked Andrew, actually he kind of suggested the idea of him interviewing me and getting to the bottom of how the fuck SKW became a thing, uh, how I am currently living off of this madness and, and doing it as my primary job, um, and how I'm still 45 years old about and still calling myself a kid. So there's a lot behind that. So I'm going to let Andrew take it away and just open book. Ask me whatever the fuck <laughs> so, you want. <laughs> so sleeper peepaw. That's going to sound pretty good. I mean, are you... Sleeper, he just farted in his sleep again. <laughs> make fun of that too much man i could riff on that for anyway i just don't want to be i'm, I'm glad i'm not going to be the old man that everyone is used to you know the the says racist things under his breath and kind of thing you know you're used to seeing uh just amongst today's old generation i think we're going to be really good old people that's one thing i'm looking I forward mean, that's to. my goal i just want to i don't know people are like uh now uh i was asked like well uh, you're at middle age and i'm like yeah so what's the average life expectancy? And so I Googled it. <laughs> and it's 79 point something. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm 45. Oh, shit. I'm on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. What have I done? Mm-hmm. A lot of cool shit. You know? A lot of cool shit. Uh, I keep imagining a lot of my friends being uh, in old people's homes. And, you know, like it's like Nine Inch Nails Tuesday or something like that. <laughs> you know, the, the, the thing that I, the thing, and someone else said this. They were like, you know what you're going to be like? You ever see those collections of John Wayne movies? And, the, you know, and people are like, oh, Peepaw will love this 19 John Wayne movies DVD set. Yeah, he'll love it. I think for me, they'll be like, you know what Peepaw Andrew's going to like? This Chainsaw Cheerleaders set. Yeah. And I'll be like, yeah. Yeah. 
I think we might be like best of 80s horrible action movies box set or something like that. Yeah. Um, Stone I, Cold with Brian Bosworth. Or was that the 90s? That was 90s, but it was an 80s film that was made in the 90s. Yeah. Totally. Like I was just talking about Black Dog with uh, because Meatloaf just died. That mm -hmm. one with him and Swayze. Very 80s. Uh, yeah, and it was shot, it was made in the 90s, right? It was. Yeah, no, I, I remember Stone Cold very, very specifically because it was just so fucking bonkers. Uh, but anyway, enough about that. We're not gonna we're not gonna get too much into B films or anything. <laughs> you with me, it's like yes. I try to. Anyway, I mean, there I'll, will be some mentions of that because there's a lot of influence. I will try to to mine my anyway. Okay, so uh, I met you in 1989. We were both in seventh grade, and uh, we lived here in Doraville. Um, Doraville, as, Georgia. For those who don't know, right? I'm sorry. No, it's okay. This isn't a. A People's regional like, show. Like Whatville? Yeah. yeah Doraville. No, uh, if you know the group Outcast, they made a song called Spaghetti Junction. Yes, they did. We are from Spaghetti Junction. I could throw a rock and hit Spaghetti Spag Junction. Yes, that's, that's, yep. So it was a it was a huge point of pride. We I never even moved that far. Like I, I left Doraville, lived in Sandy Springs for a while, came right back here. Still in Doraville. I mean that's OG. Mm -hmm. Right? Holding it down. <laughs> I mean that's fine. Someone needed to. Let's hold down the front porch. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, the reason why I bring that up is that you and I became friends during the preteen years mm -hmm. when everybody's kind of figuring their shit out, kind of what they like and what they're into. And my earliest memory as relates to Sleeper Kids World is Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Mm -hmm. And when we would watch that together, I liked it because it was funny and because it was women being funny. I was already a fan of stuff like Saturday Night Live. I loved uh, Just Say Judy, mm -hmm. or Just Say Julie, I'm sorry, on MTV. Oh my God, Julie Brown. Yeah, and so I, th I saw it as, you know, women kind of in comedy. I loved that aspect of it. But for you, uh, something, uh, something else. So yeah, so to go back, I'm not going to go too far back, because there's another podcast to be done about the deep, deep kink version of it. But when I was a kid... Uh, we were we weren't allowed to go out, you know, on weekends or, or really have. We didn't have a whole lot of friends in Miami where I was growing up. So my sister, my older sister, and I, our big thing was watching pro wrestling at, on, on weekends. Mm -hmm. So Saturday they had a block from like eight p.m. to like four a.m. of like every major federation and every federation. There was like sixty of them back then. Every single state had its own federation. It wasn't like now where it's like you know WWE and maybe Spike TV has has impact and that's it. AEW. Those are the three big ones. Um, now back then it was Alabama Wrestling Association, Alabama World Alliance, Georgia World, you know, Wrestling Association. Everybody had their own thing. So every hour, you know, had their own characters, their own storylines. So we would just stay up. My parents would let us stay up and watch them, and my sister would eventually fall asleep. And about three in the morning, the last slot was LPWA, which is the Ladies Professional Wrestling Association. I didn't know about this. And they had these monster women, like they had a, and they weren't like, they weren't glow ladies. These were like rough Actual, and tough pro wrestlers. Yeah. You had people like Reggie Bennett, who was like one of the biggest, thickest women. Okay, so glow in comparison to this, what I'm getting is glow is like the entertainment stuff. It was glam version. Okay. Glam this version. was the real, I, I've never seen it. This was real shit. I'll have to send you some links. But, you know, they had all these uh, professional wrestlers. They had Allison Royal. They had like the, the Mighty Mites, these little like two, two tiny girls who fought against the big girls. And they had like the big bruisers. This one lady who literally was named the beast uh they just dressed her up like like the caricature of an old lesbian you know like the fucking jeans and the, the big you know flannel shirts and stuff and she would just destroy these other girls and so i watched that with like what the fuck is this why like, would why did you watch it like that because it was like to me you know as a kid you weren't supposed to see women as like these 
bruisers. You're supposed to see that women as like these nurturing figures, right? So uh, my mom was like the ultimate nurturing figure. So to see these women who almost had the same physique as my mom, wow, I'm getting a Freudian thing happening right now. But no, beating each other up, I was like, this is like a shock. You're like, seeing something that you just watched men do. Yeah, and they're doing it almost better, you know, and they're doing it with more pizzazz and more flair and, and you know, more drama. And, and it was more unique because it was not what you'd not what you would normally see or expect, right? Exactly. And so the, I would watch that every weekend by myself. And it wasn't sexual at the time. It was just like like riding a roller coaster. Like, whoa, this is fucking crazy. Because cool, right. I was too young to even feel those things. And so later on in life, when Glow hit, I was old enough to have those hormones. And so right. for me, it was like, holy shit, these girls are beautiful. And of course, they wore way higher cut outfits. And there was a lot of thongs and a lot of butts hanging out. And there was a lot of... Oh, like, trust me, that was probably one of my favorite things yes. about it. I, mean, I feel like no one really watched for the storylines. I've become really good friends with one of the wrestlers there, whose name is Hollywood, uh, uh, a.k.a. Jeannie. And uh, yeah, yeah, she was, you know, she did the raps. You know, they had the, the, the rapping at the yeah, beginning. And yeah. she knew it was cheesy, but she knew, you know, that it was appealing to this part of the male psyche that the kind of thing that you're like, hey, guys who go see women mud wrestling and stuff like that, which really wasn't my thing. To me, I started to develop almost like a taste for, for the, the submissive dominant roles of the characters where you have... In pro terminology, you have the jobber, which is the, the girl who loses all the fucking time. She's usually the prettier one, so she's the one that comes out, high fives all the kids. They call them face as well, like they're just good, the good guy. Uh, the difference between a face and a jobber is that the face might win, whereas the jobber is someone who's just hired to lose. Yeah, there should, when you see the jobber come in, you're like, oh, okay, there's, there's the girl in black. She's going to be the fuck out of the girl in yellow or white. Um, or like it was always country-based, like America versus the Russians. I remember you know? this, yeah. Yeah. And America was the one you fucking rooted for, but the Russian was the bad guys. And when they lost, there was a secret thrill of like, no, that girl got humiliated. So I didn't know if I could go back in time and speak to myself, I would explain all the different sub kinks and sub genres of, of fetish that were slowly emerging, which was submission versus domination, role play, attire, gear fetish, like yeah. spandex, you know, the things that kids get into when they watch Wonder Woman. They don't realize they're going to have a spandex fetish, but then they go sure. to Dragon Con, they're like, I have a poner. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And so, and so, yeah. So as I watched Glow, then I started to get into every time WWE would do a, or at the time WWF would do a, a show. I'm like looking for the female matches because to me it was way more interesting than than the male matches. Okay, when were how old were you then when you were doing that? Had you seen Glow before you and I were watching it together? Yeah, I think you and I watched it around the same time. Okay. We both knew like kind of the same characters and stuff, and I think your favorite was a girl named Godiva. Well, yeah, because she was <laughs> supposed to be naked on a horse. <laughs> you even told me there's an actual movie called Lady, Lady Godiva Rides. Rides. Oh, and it's great. Yeah, and you're like, you got to come over and see it. And so you actually had me come over and watch Lady Godiva Rides, and there was a cat fight, a great cat there fight. There was. Movie. Oh, I remember now. Oh, God, I don't think I have this movie. Maybe I do. Uh, she goes... You have to let me get that for you for your next birthday. She goes, okay. She goes, because <laughs> uh, Lady Godiva was trying to like, she, I think she colored her hair uh, brown. She was trying to like mix in like she wasn't Lady Godiva. Yeah. But somebody blows her cover. She's Lady Godiva. <laughs> and Lady Godiva goes, I told you. Yeah, bitch, I'll kill you. <laughs> A little too much Molly Shannon in that one. But I actually do remember that specific quote. Whole room just gets tore up. And we always we made a joke about how every time there's a girl fight, someone has to call the other person a bitch before the the the, the fight starts. Oh yeah, yeah. In one of my movies, someone even though no fucking bitch. In, in the even though no one is a bitch or no one is black in the scene, she goes, 
you black bitch. <laughs> I just thought it was, you laughed. You I thought it was funny to say that. Because that's always the line right in the Pam Greer It's like movie. the scene from Orgasmo. They kicked my sorry black ass. Right, but what is... I don't think I'd write that scene today. But back, you know, 10 years ago, it was funny. Well, it's the Asian guy who thinks he's black. It's, it's, yeah, there's nothing sadder than an Asian man. Was it a sad Asian man or something like that? Right. They, um, my, but the reason why I'm asking you this is... Uh, I had no idea what was going on in your... I didn't tell anybody, and and this bleeds into our trip. So uh, Andrew and I would take trips to a place called uh, Big H, uh, which was like, a, and there was a super. What was the other one? Well, the Super H and the Stop and Go. Sorry, Stop and Go. I thought it was Big H. Okay, so it was well, maybe it was. Yeah, uh, whatever. We. You're probably right. It was an H, and so we would go in there, and it was just basically a little mini mart, and uh, we would buy magazines and we'd always buy like heavy metal which was a great mag mm. but I would always pick up the wrestling magazines that were not officially licensed by WWE because those in the back had advertisements this was the beginning of the internet this was 95, 96 and so the back had advertisements for these sexy wrestling videos okay this is where I like had no idea yeah so this is where we're discovering things that no one knew so in the back of these magazines there were advertisements there was a company called Golden Girls there was a company called Double Trouble and they were selling they were posting really provocative photos and Glow the girls were wearing one piece suits with tights but they were really high cut so these girls were wearing like thong panties and like bras and or just really 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 small cut bikinis getting like heavy punched to the stomach or you see them in a choke and they're looking like they're half enjoying it half hating it and I'm like what the fuck is this all right so you saw them getting punched in the stomach mm -hmm. and getting choked and seeming like half enjoying it half not yeah you were how old uh, at the time, we were like 11 or 12. You just said 95, 96. We were already out oh, of no, high no, school. Oh, no, no, no. Well, no, I'm so, sorry. I'm going back to when the to when we were go to the magazines, whatever okay. age we were then. So I would order out of the back of horror movie magazines. Yeah. I would order these weird-ass B-movies. Sure. And like Lady Godiva Rides or, you know, whatever. And you were ordering tapes? I didn't have money to order any of these tapes. So what? So I would you... go, literally, it was so low rent, I would go to look, just look and be like, wow, that exists. Put the magazine back and go home. Mm -hmm. and, and then what? And nothing. I didn't have the money to, 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 to order any of these things. So to me, it was always a curiosity. I'm like, something out there is like this, but I can't afford it. Did you like imagine what might have been happening in of those Of course. Tapes? Of course. Because you're like a kid, your hormones are running fucking wild, and you yeah. don't know what a fetish is. You don't know what a kink is. No, those terms weren't... No, we mm -hmm. didn't know. So I, you know, and it wasn't, it never became a hardcore fetish. And that's very important to note, because I've been soul searching for the last, you know, 20, 25 years. A fetish, by definition, is something that must be present for you to have a complete sexual experience. Right. So if someone is in a pantyhose, uh, guess what? That girl's going to have to wear pantyhose for that guy to come. Right. But if he just kind of likes pantyhose as a kink, then yeah, he could take it or leave it. You know, it's sexy. Maybe it gives him an easier boner, but it doesn't mean he doesn't like to just fuck regular. Right. And so I, I always thought I had a fetish for this stuff. I never... It turns out I never did because I can totally just, you know, make love good old fashioned way without dealing with any outside kink. But if we can bring kink into it, it's icing on it. Already delicious cake, right? Gotcha. So, yeah, I would fantasize about it at home because I would just be like, well, what the fuck is that? What happens in those videos? So there was a day. This is very, very important. So there's a day that I came to your home and uh, I think you already moved out on your own. And you had bought this computer, and I didn't have a computer at the time. I was just getting into college. And, uh, and so you, we came over, and you taught me how to use the internet. You were like, Wait a minute. this is where you type in what you want to find. So 
I literally had no idea what a URL was, right? So you were like, no, no, you got to go up here. And if you know the name of the website, and I was like, I don't know the name of any websites. You're like, well, you got to type a search bar. So you took me to a search bar. And you're like, here. So we typed in lyrics to all these bands that we wanted to find out and shit like that. Yeah. And I was looking up my favorite musicians and lyrics to like Alice in Chains songs and stuff like that. I remember this, homie. Let me do this. Let me fill this in. Mm -hmm. All right. This was a Frankenstein Mac that I, my dad and I had built together. This one that nobody bought. Mm -hmm. I didn't have no Macintosh money. This was like dial-up and... I remember us hanging out and doing all that shit. Yep. I did, it was in my apartment. This is probably 96. Yep. Or 97, something like that. I don't know. Anyways. It was around the same time I got my first computer as well. Yeah, yeah. So this had to have been like 97. All right. This is my memory of that night. I can't yeah. believe this was the thing. Happened it was, one, in of, my it was one of the things, yeah. God, no wonder. It took me forever to get that off of the carpet. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But what... It was what, on your bathroom tile. You what, didn't see it? Yeah, no, no. It was... Yeah. Uh, anyway... I remember getting really tired. Mm. You were just really on that internet, man. I was searching things. And at one point, I was like, I gotta go to bed. I gotta go to sleep. And I'm like, and I'll you're stay like, up. You're like, leave me. <laughs> leave me with this machine, sir. <laughs> Over your shoulder. You oh, probably didn't my. even look at me. Yeah, fuck you. Good night. Uh, yeah. And so I did. And so... You were up was, all night on that shit. I was up all night because I was just like, okay. It's like getting Sega for the first time. Exactly. It's like playing Super Mario for the first time. <laughs> or Twisted Metal, which is the one that my brother and I... But I had stayed. no idea what she was looking at. I didn't know what I was going to look at. When you left that room, I, remember, I didn't immediately go to the wrestling stuff. I just kept looking up crazy random shit. I'm like, okay, well, here's, uh, here's an artist that I like, or here's this music. And, and keep in mind, y'all, um, it took forever. Just to get a picture. Yeah, it was back in the day where you could uh, load a JPEG, go to the bathroom, take a shit, come back, and it's still 60% done. Halfway. So if you were into a lower half of woman body, or you whoever body, <laughs> if, yeah, if you liked, uh, if you were waiting to see penis, for example, <laughs> you had to wait for this man's whole <laughs> chest <laughs> and everything. You were waiting, I mean... You know, if you were a top half person, you had it better than if you. That were would have been the best person. time to, to to fool somebody. Like, put up a picture of a girl who just happens to have the penis, and just like then something right. from Faces of Death at the bottom. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, so at one point I was like, you know what? I, I flashed back to being in that store, and I just typed in female wrestling, and it was just a flood of of different things. Uh, some of it was legitimate pro stuff. Um, uh, a lot of it was a couple of fan sites with like the little text pictures. It was like really shitty web, web design. And there was a couple of companies that were legit producers of this stuff. And one of them was a company called Double Trouble. And uh, they're based out in, in Los Angeles. And that was one of the pictures that I saw in the, um, in the Super H or the Big H, whatever it was, uh, was the picture of one of the girls in a chokehold. And it was a girl named Candy, I think her name was. And... That's the first picture that popped up, and I was like, oh, that's the website. So you were talking in a seven-year gap, yeah. probably. They had started producing, like, in the mid-'80s. Okay, well, from you first seeing that picture and on through where you then later encountered it and found out who it was, that's, like, almost a decade, man. Yeah. I, I just, you know, back then, we didn't have easy access to info like this. If, yeah. you, if you're a kid now or you're a teenager and you're, you think you might be into bondage, you can just go to your website, you know. So for, so for that many years, you're sitting on this interest that you yeah, have. Yeah, and I would record stuff on my... I remember I had a VHS, and if there was a ladies' match on, on WWF, I would record it. 
and go back and watch it over and over again and I'd be like, this is fucking sexy. Uh, but there wasn't anything pornographic about it back then. I mean, except for the unintentional porn that they put in there, you know, because they needed to sell tickets. But, uh, but yeah, this was the first time that I had seen this stuff shot for adult purchase. And I was like, holy shit. Where were you when you saw this? I wasn't, you mean in your place? No, are you saying this, when you found that picture, you were, that was the that was your that was, that was when you went to bed. And oh, I was, God. I just typed in female wrestling and it just, all this flood of shit came through. And the, the first website I clicked on was uh, that website, Double Trouble. And I was just flabbergasted because I was like, holy shit, people make this. And it's amazing. And I remember just like going through the photos and like, of course it took forever to load stuff uh -huh. until I just got tired. I was like, all right, yeah. fuck this. <laughs> And so that would, but that was the intro to it. And so two, a year later, maybe half a year later, my parents, I was going to college and they were like, well, we're going to buy you a computer since you have to write papers and stuff. And they bought me like a compact Presario, like a little simple. Oh, I remember this computer. My first compact. Because I, not to cut you off, mm. man, but check it out. This is from an outsider's perspective, still not realizing that this was a thing that you were into. Yeah. Uh, I came down there to, uh, you know, to, to your, well, that was, that was here in Doraville. Yeah. In your folks' place. Yep. This was downstairs. They still live there, yeah. Okay. In the basement. I, you I were in the, this it, was, you were in the basement there on the computer. It was the most cliche thing, yeah. And you had, that's when it dawned on me that, oh shit, this is a real thing for mm -hmm. him because you were collecting all kinds of pictures and videos. Yep. Like you had a ton. Yes. And so I started to collect and collect and collect. And yeah, at that time, now that I was, you know, definitely in college years, yeah, I was totally into it uh, as a kink. Um, it was definitely a thing that I got off to. And um, I didn't understand it. So of course Mostly I pictures or videos? Most, I guess back then videos online were small, like four second things. Right. You know, so how they, did that kind of work? I mean, photos. You just have to look at photos and use your imagination. Okay. You know? I've talked to fans, uh, my friend Rick, who runs Femme Wrestling Rooms in, in Arizona. He's in his, I think he's in his late 50s. He has the real like stories of like, man, we just found whatever we could back in the 70s. You know? okay. uh, where they, were, they had the apartment wrestling magazines back then. Where you had to go and like really look in, in porn shops and, and find the apartment wrestling, you know. Uh, so you were looking at stuff other people made. Yeah. And so I was in college and I really wanted to learn how to do web design. So I was like, all right, well, I'll learn how to do HTML. So I found a website that taught basic HTML, how to do basic backgrounds, grids, text links and stuff like that. Uh, uh, what are they called? Tables. Uh, how to do banners and stuff this like that. This is 96, 97 maybe. I'm thinking 98. Mm. It's when I was starting to do it. Okay. When it started to go into 98 is when I started to actually build my first site. Okay. I remember you having Sleeper Kids World mm -hmm. and it was uh, no original content. Nope. And that's something that people don't know. A lot of people know it because people who followed me back then know it. People who just got into my stuff, they don't know how it started. So that's why this is happening. So yeah, absolutely. So my idea was I will create a fan site for wrestling content. Mm -hmm. I'll get my favorite shit, put it up on, on different categories, and I will, uh, hopefully people will like it. And that's, I didn't really pitch it to a lot of people. I just mostly asked for permission for these photos. I asked Hollywood for permission. Uh, I asked other companies like Double Trouble, you know, I just said, can I, can I just use this and that? I took stuff that they were putting out for free, mm -hmm. you know, free advertising photos and put them into different Did you categories. run into any trouble during those times? There was one guy, who uh, he took photographs for Hollywood, mm -hmm. 
and she had actually given me permission to use some of her photos, but he saw it and got upset because he was very, I guess he was very obsessive with her. Uh-huh. And so he, he actually, he actually had my, my second version of this website shut down because he was just, he knew the guy who ran the server. That's how ah. close this community was. Uh, I remember the guy's name too. His name was, oh, fuck was it? I think it was like Steve Sloka. If you're out there, like fuck you. But anyway, so <laughs> the first version of the website got so popular that I was using a free server because I didn't have the money to pay for, for registration or URLs. And so it crashed the server. It was a free server, like, I don't know, a Yellow Pages free server. Mm-hmm. Crashed it, so I, the site was gone. Sorry, sir, we can't host you. So I used another, like, GeoCities free yeah. thing. Rebuilt it from the ground up and continued to put up new photos, and that's the one that got crashed by the guy who was obsessed with Hollywood. And, uh, and that's when I just gave up. I was like, all right. That's two sites that I just spent months trying to build up, and they keep crashing. And you were a college student at this time, or had you graduated? I was a college student. Okay. Yeah. I graduated in 2000. All right. So this was all like pre-2000 then. And so I was about to just quit. And um, at the time, I had I started to finally see these videos that I really wanted to see. And the reason I saw this, there was a website back in the day called Manzerman. What's the name of the guy's name? M-A-N-Z-E-R-M-A-N. It was one word. Manzerman's Wrestling Tapes. And you would go to this guy's website, and basically he had bought tons of tapes from different companies, and I'm pretty sure this wasn't legal, but he would rent them to you. Ooh! So instead of paying, because they were like ranging fifty nine sure, to sure. sixty bucks a, a fucking title, right? Because they were so hard to find, he would just rent them to you for like I don't know twenty bucks for a couple of days or something like that. So I was like, all right, I could rent one for twenty bucks, and then you would, it, you know. Send it back. He would give you another one. But you'd copy it. You'd copy it. Hell yeah. Or at least in my case, copy the best segments or whatever. Right. You know, everyone I'm sure has made their compilation tapes. Okay, let me ask this because <laughs> I remember you had a lot of compilation tapes. Yep. In his room, mm-hmm. there were compilation one, two, whatever. I was obsessed, yeah. Right. Okay, when you were choosing which bits to put on these compilations, what is the commonality like what were the so it started i started to realize and this is where the other sub genres and sub kinks come in that to me like the knockout thing was such a huge taboo like the idea that like someone could be rendered unconscious uh was it just struck me as this huge thing like holy shit that's dark but also it's like exciting and it was done in such a campy way that I never felt guilty about seeing it. It wasn't like a lot of the stuff now that deals with the, the KO fetish. They throw way too much rapey shit in there. This was more like pro wrestling, campy, getting you know, Wonder Woman getting knocked out in the middle of a fight or something like that. It's like saying, uh, you know, you watch horror movies because you like seeing women die. It's like yeah. it's fake. Yeah, it's entertainment. Yeah. I see horror movies because I like the effects and I think it's if it's a creative kill. I'm like, oh, someone thought of that. That was really well done. Yeah. I'm not really wanting to see this actress suffer. And obviously, right, but if someone were to criticize you as a horror fan by saying, oh, you like to see mm-hmm. women die, but if you don't like to see women die, then no. why would you watch? No, because you know it's you know it's fake. Okay. You know it's it's and that's kind of how my content has evolved you know which we'll get to i'm sure but yeah what i want to know though man mm. who else knew <laughs> no one no one knew uh my parents didn't know i i started to talk to some people online through my website because i i put i had like back when they had aol chat yeah i was like all right sleeper kid i don't know 69 or whatever the fuck my name was if you want to chat to me about, uh, you want to chat with me about this stuff, go ahead and contact me. And so these people started to come out of the woodwork. Hey, my name is Tom from Minnesota or Bob from Wisconsin. I'm really into this stuff. What got you into it? So we started to just chat with like-minded people. And those were the people that I was like, there's some of these people that I still speak to today who yeah. still buy my shit. 
But um, one of the people that emerged from that group was a guy who worked for that company, Double Trouble. His name was Scott. Uh, he went by the Puma. And the reason they called him the Puma, he was the guy, he was a resident bad guy, the heel in that website uh, at Double Trouble who, who wrestled the women and he always defeated them and he had a mask and he was like the big burly dude and it was very mm. campy stuff. And he would just, you know, defeat the girls, put them in submission moves, do one knockout at the end, pin them and that was it. So he was like somebody, I was like, wow, a guy could defeat women. That's very fucking taboo. That's not supposed to happen. But he did it in such a campy way that I thought it was fun. And so when I announced on a Yahoo group, I think it was a Yahoo group, I was like, guys, I've been shut down three times. I'm done. I've got to concentrate on my college, uh, you know, on my classes. So it's been fun. So I'm canceling. I'm, I'm shutting this down. And so within a day, I got an email from this guy, Scott, a.k.a. Puma. And he said, hey, man, you, you're doing really good work. It's really fun to watch. It, I would hate for you to quit something that you obviously love. What's the problem? And I'm like, I can't afford yeah, I keep getting booted from free servers. I can't afford to I, I can't afford to have my own uh, URL. You know, I couldn't even afford to, to register the name Super Kids World. Like the the, 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 the the URLs for my old stuff was like, you know, geocities.com right. slash well, it was slash. all free yeah. servers. Yeah. And so he said, Look, I'll pay for your I'll pay for you to register the website name, so pick out a name. And I'll pay for your server, you know? And I'm like, you don't have to do that. He's like, look, I'm a successful, you know, job description here in LA. And, uh, and I, I really want to see you keep doing it. So yeah, let me cover it for you. So thanks to the just generosity of this dude, I was able to register the name. And that's, at the time, I didn't have a name. I was just like, I, I, I thought of like Sleeper Kid. Sleeper Kid was a fun name because I liked the sleeper hole. That was like the ultimate knock somebody out move. And I also looked like a fucking child. I always have. Like, I've always been told that I look like a baby. So I was like, all right, sleeper hold plus I look like a fucking kid, sleeper kid, that was it. And then when I had to pick a URL, sleeperkid.com was already taken for whatever reason. That's interesting. Actually, no, no, sleeperkid.com was the, the first one, but then I lost it for some whatever reason. I forgot why. Why? I think when I when I lost sleeperkid.com, someone bought it up. Uh-huh. But then I was like, what, what can I do to replace that? And it was Sleeper Kids World. And so that became the thing. And even then, I was still just putting out compilations of other people's stuff. That's what I wanted to ask. Yeah. When someone went to Sleeper Kids sites back then, mm-hmm. what would they see? So uh, you would see different categories. So it'd be like, click here for our galleries. Boom. And you would see uh, women's wrestling. Um, and you would see the different holds. You know, do you want to see submission holds? Do you want to see neck scissors? Do you want to see blah, blah, blah? Uh, there was also male versus male wrestling because I was still a big fan of that stuff. So I would put up that stuff as well. Or male versus female wrestling. So mixed wrestling, intergender wrestling. So you had like these little text links you could click on. And I didn't know how to – You at the time, I didn't know how to do thumbnails. So it would just be like – I would type out the word full Nelson and then link it. And you click on it and it would – Right, right. Eat, show the photo. Yeah. So you have to like right click and open in different tabs. Wish and, it would have made that sound. I know, I know. It was. I think it's what I think it's what the. If I remember correctly, the um, the modem. You know, when you hear it working in the back, I, in my mind, I remember it like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, and although that's really more of a printer sound. The appeal to the site wasn't that you had these things, but you were curating them. And so, a lot of people who didn't want to go search eighteen sites for this stuff would go to my site. Right. And be like, oh, thank you for. For, and no one had been doing anything. No one like had that. compiled it as a fan site. Okay. There was a few. Com- there was a few. I don't want to detract people who did that I didn't know about, but there were some people out there who were like, "Oh, well, this is my favorite wrestler," 
So I don't know, Cheryl Rusa. She's a she was a little wrestler that used to call her Lightning, and this one guy had a website dedicated to her. I actually mm. just met her in L.A. a couple of months ago, uh, and I'm trying to get her to work. But uh, but yeah, so people did have like fan sites, tribute sites, but they didn't have a thing dedicated to specific holds uh, or anything like that. What I'm getting at is this is sort of the this is sort of you putting those collections compilations in your way available for other people for free yeah and so when you chose things it was kind of the way you chose those things yeah yeah and i was also doing what you did for a while which is i was writing reviews mm -hmm. so i would review the videos that i really liked it's a good way to get your name out there and a lot of companies were like hey we're getting some traffic from your site can we send you some tapes and so I would get stacks of tapes from DT, uh, from Women's Wrestling, uh, and I, that guy, Manzer Man, I would contact him. And, when was this happening? Ooh, this was like 98, 99. Wow. Yeah. So at this point, it was like, so I was... It took off pretty fast. Well, yeah. But I mean, I wasn't making any money at all. It was literally just for fun. Mm -hmm. And um, and I was, in the meantime, most of my nights were dedicated to writing papers for college and stuff like that. And so when I was done writing a paper, I would spend an hour on the website. Like, okay, I'll add one photo here, one photo there, add three to this gallery, whatever. And I thought it was just going to be a, a hobby. It was just something to do when I couldn't fall asleep at night. And so then came, I finally got through college. I was still had the site and I moved to my first apartment, which you were, you came to visit. I remember. And uh, it was me and my friend, Mike. And we, uh, he was very, <laughs> he was, it was like this very Mormon kid. And I was this, you know, I was me. And so we were living in this place together. And I started to hang out with this girl named Valerie. Um, and she saw the website one day. She just saw it, and she's like, what the fuck is this? And no, wait, let me stop you right there, because uh, you told me no one at your... But your parents never found out that you were looking at this stuff? So my mom had once found a stack of tapes, uh -huh. and she saw the symbols. It was like a women's wrestling thing. I think she popped one in, and she, I came home, and she was like, what is this? And I was like, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. This is the thing I might be into. You know, but she never really gave me any shit about it. She was sure. Just, well, you were. It was a safe thing. Yeah, she was just confused because she was like, "Okay, are you?" You know, my mom didn't know anything about deviant sex practices. She was just like anything that's not normal, monogamous lovemaking. She was like, "This is strange." So she was a little concerned, but I like I talked her through it, and I was like, "No, it's okay." But if she'd found like a porn tape, I think I don't know. That's a good question. I think I don't know if she would have been more concerned one way or the other. That's a good question. I, I'd have to ask her one day. Be like, would you? I'd been, be interested to know. Would you be more weirded out if I just found like a, a penthouse? You know. Yeah, because uh, you know the the average parent is you know just kind of like, I mean, you, you as a as a young man you do sort of hide things mm -hmm. because you don't want to have to confront that. But when you got your own place, and this is the reason why I ask, having it be out in the open. Yeah. Where you weren't hiding it from your roommate. Well, no, my roommate was very conservative, so I, I, I never let him know what I was into. Is that right? Um, yeah, okay, so you still kind of had to. Oh my god, yeah, he was. Oh, this gets good. So, uh, the girl that I was talking to at the time, uh, she saw the website and she, um, she was just like, "This looks like a lot of fun. Why don't? Why haven't you shot any of this?" This is Valerie saying this. Yeah, it's the same girl. And, uh, and so she and I kind of saw each other for a little bit, um, and we started to play with the idea of like, what if we try these wrestling scenarios, you know, when we were being romantic? And I was like, she's like, yeah, let's do it. So we came up with these like f combat scenarios, and I was like, she, she, oh, shit, she's really good at this. I'm really good at this, but I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So 
there was a company um, out in, I think it was, oh shit, Mississippi. No, not Mississippi, sorry. It's way up, way up fucking north. Um, I forgot the, the, the state. But they were a company that did uh, male versus male wrestling. And so this is definitely stuff you, you didn't know. But I, they hired me. They wanted me to, to, to do shoots for them because they had seen like a personal profile I put up in this wrestling site to find opponents and stuff like that. Oh, let me hear about this. Yeah. <laughs> not, a, not necessarily about the wrestling thing, but the fact that you put – now, where, where is this and what did you post? It's up in – so I – and this is something I'm going to go into a deep uh, in a deeper cut on a different podcast. But I – the role play wrestling was so big to me that I was I even explored doing it with other males because mm-hmm. I was like, well, if a woman isn't doing it just because I'm into it, that's fine. But if someone wants to do it because I'm, they're also as into it as I am, I wonder what that's like. Yeah. And so I, I met up with with women and and well, not met up with women, but I also I, I did it with women, but I also met up with some guys who were like minded into the same stuff. But how did you meet them? Because this was way before so social there was, media. There was a, there was an actual um, there was a, a profile site. Okay. Like a personal site. Because this would have been way easier to do now. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. But back then they had a profile site that was brand new. I forgot what it was called. Like GWA, I think it was, something like that. You could put up a, a, a picture or two, tell people, hey, I'm into pro wrestling. I, I kind of like to role play. I like this, this, and that. And of course, my thing is like, I don't want to fuck anybody. I'm just trying to see sure. what the role play is like. And so I made up with a couple of people, and they were fun. Some of them were cool. Some of them were very, very, like, not – they were trying to use it as an entry – Way to sure. And this was in Georgia? This is in Georgia. They would have to come through here. I didn't okay. travel. Okay. But then the company called BG East found my personals thing on there and they saw me and say what you will about how I looked at the time, I did have a very youthful look. I was very young looking and they were like, oh shit, young, good looking guy. Uh, let's see if we can hire him. And he seems to like wrestling. So I get contacted by these guys. Like, hey, uh, we're a professional company. We do this and that. Please look at our website. Uh, we do everything from like regular pro wrestling to like really erotic wrestling between men. They even did some stuff between men and women and they're like, we want to hire you. And I was fucking struggling for cash at the time. Right. So, okay. And when you say erotic wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, some people might that, I mean, people, people that, that listen to this show are going to know, but for my, just for my clarification, sure. uh, I remember you showing me some tapes of stuff mm-hmm. and there were some where they wrestle and then they have sex after. Yeah. Um, but I don't recall ever seeing one that was ha- that they were becoming intimate during the match. Yeah, yeah, and and that so erotic wrestling. I mean, there's so many different things you could categorize as that. Um, it could be something as simple as two girls catfighting at the end they make out or something. Or, right. Uh, that guy, I think you showed. Yeah, me. or a guy and a girl wrestle and at the end like they fuck and like that really wasn't ever my thing. Um, to me, the role play of it without the sex was always the most exciting part. Uh, now, if you if you wanted to record yourself wrestling some amazing partner, and then you go back and watch it later and pleasure yourself, then that that's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. But to me, it was like never had to lead to sex, so that's what made it so difficult to find a partner. Where I was just like, look, I just want to role play and see what this feels like. So, this company contacted me. They're like, we want to, you know, maybe hire you. Do you want to come and we'll do a photo shoot with you and see how you do? It sounds sketchy as shit, but they were really professional. Like I sure. showed up to their hotel. I was nervous. I'm like, oh fuck, I'm. This is the last time anyone's gonna see me. When was this? Were you still in school? I was, I think, coming out of school. I was like in my last year. So it was like 2000 or something like that. So yeah. this was around the time that uh, you and I had were in the, the band together. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is all stuff that I was doing completely under the radar. Yeah, I didn't know any of this. No, no, I was so. Why did? Why didn't? 
Who knew? Who did know? No one really knew except people that I was doing with because I, you know, maybe it was the Catholic guilt where I was just mm-hmm. like, shit, if someone finds out about this shit, it's going to be seen as deviant and I don't know. So, if so it was a, so it, it was kind of like a secret thing you were doing? Very much. Very much. Like my parents, I, I don't even know. When I, I think when I went to go to, to see them up in, I think it was Boston is where they had their, their studio. Um, but it was a beautiful lake house near Boston. And my parents just thought I was going to go hang out with some people that I met through work, you know. Is they, that right? Yeah, yeah. I was just like, yeah, I got this work trip coming up. Because I just, ah. what am I going to do? Like, hey, mom, these guys uh, who run a gay wrestling company think I'm hot, so they want to put me in some trunks and but, have me wrestle all the dudes. But had they cut your head off and thrown it in the garbage, <laughs> no one would have known where exactly you were. No, 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 yeah. But, I mean, that goes for any, you know, clandestine <laughs> gathering, whether you're meeting a, a date for the first time or whatever. The head in the garbage pretty much. Yes, of the course. yes. Okay. I'm glad there were really good people. And they're still really good people. Thanks, so, thanks to those guys. Because, but me, your, uh, you know, very close friend of many years. Uh, I never told you. You didn't tell me that I... How did you think that I would have reacted? I don't know. I really don't just know. Just weren't ready. I just wasn't ready to, to bring it out. Because I think it was one of those things where I was still exploring it to see how the fuck I felt about it. And that's why you were there in Boston. Yeah. And well, there's another couple of reasons. So they were like, look, we have we actually train you. Like, we'll train you how to do the basics. We're pro-trained. This mm-hmm. one guy literally had spent his whole life learning a million holds uh, and how to do them safely. So he's like, if you come up there... Uh, if you shoot some videos with us, then yeah, we'll train you. We'll, we'll train you to do the basics, how to bump on a mat, how to take a fall, how to do rolls, how to do flips. And that way, you, when you come back, if you want to shoot your stuff, you'll have the basic skills needed to, to teach whoever you want to, you know. So you both get something out of it. How long were you there? I was there for a couple of weeks. Uh, and then they asked me to come up again. Um, and then they had also shot with me a lot in Atlanta because they would come down and bring people and they were like, here, let's do a, a couple of videos with, with you and this person that we, is a pro. So you got this stuff? Uh, I mean, it's up there online, somewhere on, on a website. But you don't have it? I don't have it, no, no. I, I don't know how to get it. I think they, it's a streaming website, so you can't really download it. Ah, okay. And it's just, it's not something, I mean, I'll have to see. I mean, it'd, it'd be interesting to go back. I, knew, I do have some screenshots because I remember I showed them to my now girlfriend and she was like oh my god you're a baby Holy well, shit. that's that's the thing you know if it were me i i would have come back wanting to see what they you know i need to go see if they can send me a copy you weren't like dude i want a copy like back then or no, you were just... i mean because i i just i just wanted to learn you know i didn't really think about seeing it and at the time i wasn't sure how i felt about it i was so confused mm. i just knew that i wanted to do the female versus male and female versus female stuff so we shot up there, met a lot of good people, learned a lot of stuff. And you saw like how they film it too, right? I saw how they film it, I saw how they cut, um, uh, and I, I, I already had a flair for the acting apparently, because when they shot me for the test shoot in the hotel, I just let myself go. I was like, all right, I'm gonna take everything that I've learned from seeing wrestling and the things that I'm into, I'm just gonna fucking perform for them. And they were like, holy shit, you sold the shit out of okay, that. Okay, and what was it like for you though to do that because you hadn't, Correct me if I'm wrong, ever been in a scenario where you could have expressed yourself that way? I mean, I had done it with with a girl or two, but it was very muted because I didn't want to let the freak flag fly. Exactly. That's what I mean. With them, they were like, just be yourself. So so, this is a a huge, that sounded like a huge moment for you. It was great. Yeah. I remember being in the hotel. I forgot which one it was, but it was here in Atlanta. And they put me in like, you know, wrestling trunks and stuff. And I was just like, all right, let's do this. And I don't know if I ever got actually physically excited, but it was like... It was a very emotional high to wow. be able to be like, 
because they I didn't lose I didn't win I was I was I looked like a kid so they were like well you're gonna be the you're gonna be the the jobber you're gonna be the face you're gonna be right. the guy who loses to the to the older more experienced pro and the submissive side of my persona came out and I was like oh fuck this is kind of hot to be dominated by this more experienced persona yeah do you remember the storyline there was no storyline they were literally like he's gonna wrestle you he's gonna put you in these moves i just want you to sell it as well as you can really convince me that you're feeling it the guy was very gentle but he put me in stuff like where it looked like he was breaking my back where he looked like he was stretching an arm gotcha. and, he, and he looked like he had me in a choke and i was doing the crazy shit where i was like rolling my eyes back and slowly fading out and, and you'd seen these things in i've seen these things in tons of videos okay. and movies too obviously a lot of it has to do with watching old movies like, you know, or old TV shows like, you know, Wonder Woman, The Avengers, you know, all that shit where like people get knocked out and they do it super dramatic. Right. So I was like, fuck it, I'll, I'll go super dramatic. And there I am like eyes rolled back, going completely limp, uh, breathing the right way. And they would just cut and be like, holy shit. Nice. They're like, you can, you're into this. And I'm like, yeah. Because he's like, and they would be like, we, we work with tons of these muscle models, but they don't, they can't act. They, right. they look great on camera, but, you know, they're just like, ah, you know. Just right, be- but, like, so were you proud of yourself at that point? I mean, were you like, shit, yeah. The only reason I ask is because you're, this is a secret. Yeah. And typically when we have a moment of success for ourselves, <laughs> it's something we then can celebrate with the people that we. That well, we it was a to. different kind of pride. It was like a pride amongst the people that I knew that were into the same thing, you know, it's not something you like announce at a, at a, at a christening or something like, guess what I did. But like, you know, when it came to talking to people online who were like-minded, they're like, you got to shoot with this company. Oh shit. I love those guys. How did it go? And I'm like, Oh my God, it fucking went great. And they think they want to fly me up to Boston. And they're like, they're going to fly you up. Yeah. They're going to pay for my ticket. They're going to let me stay at their, their huge ass mansion. And they had this massive lake house. The bedroom, one of the bedrooms had a 16 by 16 foot pro ring in it with a closet attachment. I mean, it was fucking amazing. Holy shit, man. Yeah. And they let me sleep in their library. They had a private library and that you opened up a portal in it and it had like an Egyptian bed in the middle. Like, how much money have you motherfuckers made off of this? And so that's also the, the other thing that opened my mind to, or my eyes to, is like, you can make a living. Right. What were you making? How were you making your Oh, living? God. I was, how were you paying your rent? My rent was being paid at that time. I was working at a company called Matria, and we did, um, I think it was Matria, and they did, um, we did transportation software design. And I was just basically pitching it to companies that had not, had, they either didn't have transportation software or they already had transportation software, and I was trying to convince them to switch their shit out with ours. It's it's, it's it's as exciting as it's... But it's <laughs> like a sales job. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, right. I hated Were you, it. Did you learn anything from that that you... Do you use anything that you may have no. learned? No. no. What, I used, what I learned in college is what I, I think I've used the most, which even to a degree, I still think I could have done it without my degree, um, which was PR. Because mm-hmm. I majored in public relations. And that's one thing that I learned was how to connect to an audience and how to appease an audience. And the, the biggest secret of all, guys, is to really just make yourself available to the audience. Let them be able to contact you directly. Let them feel like they're contacting the producer and not just some underling that is you know, working for you. And I still, to this day, answer my own emails. The only emails I don't answer is if someone has a technical problem because my tech guys take care of it. But if someone's like, hey, can you do this custom for me? You better believe I will read the custom, write them back, yes, this is cool. So there's a lot of little things, but I got my biggest lessons from PR and how to deal with people. But when I came back from that, 
um, I suddenly had the knowledge to do wrestling videos. Okay, and so what... So far, I'm hearing that you've got your own apartment. Mm -hmm. uh, you do have a source of income as, as, uh, as non-challenging as that job may have been or not interesting. Mundane. And then you have uh, <laughs> at least one person in your life that would be willing to uh, shoot video for you. So, yeah. So that's the thing. So at the time, I didn't have anybody to film for me. So I uh, we did some things on the tripod at first. Uh, with the girl that I was telling you about. Because it had to be two people, right? Yeah, you it had to be two and, people. Uh, female? Yeah, or two girls. And right. so um, I did have one fan. Um, I'm not going to name him just because it's so long ago. It's not worth bringing it up. But there was one fan. I actually met him through one of the male versus male wrestling sites, but he was a fan of female wrestling. And he's like, I'll film for you for free. So he came over and he would film me wrestling the girl, you know? Um, and she went. By a different name at the time, she went by K A R I, so it's, it was a Kari or Kari. Uh, people said it Kari, but I always said Kari. Uh, really good worker. Uh, she invited another girl that we call Alicia to come in and, and work, and they were doing good matches. There's a girl that I worked with named Daisy, who that was her stage name, who had a crush on me. And so I was like, she came over one day, I think we made out, and she was like, So, what's this on your computer? And I'm like, Actually, and so I mentioned ah. it to her. Very pretty brunette, too. And she was like, oh, that would be fun. So she came over, put on some shorts, you know, sports bra, and we did a bunch of shoes. Dude, how did you feel when you be became a producer of this stuff? What that what was that like? It was exhilarating because I felt like, I, I was like, wow, like we're really making this. And at the, I didn't think I was going to make any money off of it. But I, still, though, I mean, this is a big jump from having seen it, having seen things that other people made, and now you're making your own uh and you're able to add, I mean, instantly when someone creates their own product, that is their version of it. There's yep. like a signature for it. And that was the most crucial thing. And honestly, for those who are listening, this is the most important part, I think, of this journey is when you approach your first production, or at least your first set of productions, let's say your first five to ten videos, are you making something that is yours and yours alone, or are you making something based on what you've seen from other companies, are you trying to copy somebody else? And I feel that for whatever reason, the stuff that we shot was very singular and it was very unique. And I look back on it now, I still, I think I have the old masters, but the first video I shot with this girl, Kari, it was me versus her, male versus female, grappling slash wrestling with belly punching blows, obviously fake. Right. But we went at it. Like she was like, look, I'll give you some pressure and you give me some pressure. So when you hit me, fucking want to hear it. And she had had no experience doing anything. I trained like her. Okay. I showed her how to take the bumps. And we were literally shooting on a comforter. We would move the couch, put a comforter on the ground, put a second comforter on top of that, put some pillows around it so if we hit the wall, we wouldn't hit, slam Wait a minute. Heads. How are you doing this with this conservative roommate? He had a job. Okay. He had work and then he had a secondary job. He worked at a, as a bouncer at night. At a, at a strip club, which is hilarious because he was like... This that thing. is a little hilarious. He was a conservative Mormon, but he also fucking worked at a strip club. Uh, but he always looked down on the people that he, he was like, oh God, these, these strippers. Maybe he's got a podcast. <laughs> he might. Talking about that. I love you, Mike. But anyway, so uh, he would leave for his day job. I would shoot whenever I could on my days off. And so we'd sneak the girls in while he was gone and we would shoot, shoot, shoot. And uh, the first video I shot with Kari was absolutely amazing. Like we, I mean, I remember I wore shorts, t-shirts, she wore a bikini. But we went at it, and we went at it for sixty fucking minutes. And when we, was when did this happen? What year? This is around two thousand, between two thousand two thousand one, 
and um, and the guy Sam came over and filmed it. Um, the guy that I had met online or whatever. And you weren't uh, supposed to say. His I'm name. not going to say his full name. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so he came over and um, and I'll tell you why in a second. Why fuck him? But <laughs> he, I don't need to. Know. Oh yeah, I love this story. <laughs> okay, but, okay. So he was, he he filmed a lot of stuff for us, and um, at the time I was very appreciative of it. But like that first video of me versus Kari, I mean, I, I need to find it and watch it again. Um, but it's brutal. It's it's something that no one had ever shot because the stuff that they were shooting in California with guy versus girl was very campy. It was very like Hulk Hogan, you know, like, oh, I'm pick you up, babe. Oh, I'll spin you around. Are you dizzy? We were fucking going at right. she was like slamming me in the stomach. I was overselling it, you know, hitting her with these chokes. She was but choking. But showing her how to do it in ways that you and I get hurt. Yes, but so she liked a little bit of pressure. She okay. liked a little bit of the rough stuff. So I'm like, all right, if you're okay with this much, and we would rehearse it beforehand. And what came out looked to fans like these are two people who are really, really going at it. That was the appeal. That was the appeal. And we, no one had ever really hit it that hard, especially a man and a woman. Fuck that. And so at the end I won, but it was like by the skin of my teeth. So we really made it like, oh, the guy won, but it was like such a hard-fought match. And then we had her wrestle other girls, and they agreed to, to, to go pretty hard with each other. Harder than I do now. I mean now I take it very easy, but back then the girls were really like, Boom, smack sounds to the stomach and really hitting each other. And like, and I was like, guys, cut. You okay? Yeah, yeah. Right. This is how we want to do it. All right. So I didn't know at the time, but we were tapping into something that was completely new. No one was getting naked. There was no sex at the end. There was no like, oh, my top flew off. Whoops. It was very much raw. The girls were wearing cute outfits, you know, short shorts, booty shorts, sports bras. Eventually, one of the girls was like, I'll wear a bikini. Totally fine. And it was good. And so I sold it. This is the oldest phrase I'll say tonight, but I sold it on my Yahoo group. <laughs> and since these other companies in California were selling them for like 69 bucks a pop, I was like, I'll bring my price down to 59.99 right. for 60 minutes worth of, of footage. Whereas the guys in California were selling their shit for 40 minutes. And so, uh, or selling 40 minutes worth of footage. Got it. And I was like, this isn't going to sell, but let's see what happens. What, what I'm going to do is I'm going to price it at 59 and then when it doesn't sell, I'll say, hey, we have a sale for 30 Right. No, it started to sell. And we only had three titles out. The people were like, hey, man, hey, so I'm gonna, how do I send you the money? I'm like, oh, shit, okay, you got to send a check. Uh, I didn't know any better. Send it to my home address. So well, they this send was, keep, you know, while we're doing this, keep in mind, this is pre, uh, even like YouTube and PayPal yeah. and all of that yeah. stuff. So people had to send me either cash or a check. And um, and I didn't have a P.O. box. Uh, I just it couldn't Put your me. home address yeah. there? I just put my fucking, oh my, my, my fucking Sandy Springs address. Um, and uh, I think it was, the, it was Northridge was the, was the road. And so people, I mean, no, I, my invasion never got, uh, I'm sorry, my privacy never got invaded. I got the money, and so there were days where I would go to the post. This is great. I would. Uh, so you and I were shooting videos or shooting films at the same time. You were editing the same way that I was. We were editing tape deck to tape deck. Mm -hmm. Put a VHS in tape of the master. Go to the second one. Cut it as you go. Yeah. If you're smart enough, you could cut in camera, which I tried to do. That's once. really the way to do it. Yeah. Because uh, deck to deck is very messy. Exactly. So I did do it. Camera, in camera once with my friend David who gave me his little 8mm or digital 8. And I would be like, all right, hold on one second. Fade. Cut. All right, we're going to do the next scene. So, we, so we, we had a wrestler named Angelina, a wrestler named Letitia. They were sisters. They did matches against each other. And, and I would be like, all right, if you knock her out, just shut the fuck up until I press this button. Cut. And then it would be cut as we shot it. Right. Now, okay, it, so money was coming in. Uh, you were paying who? I was paying the girls, and at the time, I think I was paying them something from like I, we had. I had no idea what the gauge was for for, 
for paying girls. And we were just starting the company. So I think we were doing something like 50 bucks a match. Uh-huh. You know? But to, to the girls, it was like an hour and I get paid 50 bucks? Right. Yeah, amazing. Um, and then as time went by, I was like, I need to up these payment rates because I got to give them a raise. So it went from 50 to 75. Uh, eventually, after a couple of months, I went to 100, so on and so forth. And these are people that are not in industry, that no. are just have regular and that's jobs. that's the other thing. I didn't mean to cut you off. But that's no, no, the, but I, I need, I, I want people to know that because they weren't models. They're not models. models or stars of any kind. They, they were real folks. Local you, girls, yeah. and I think that was the other factor that if I'm going to give advice to up and coming producers is yes, please hire girls that are known if you can. You know, if, if a girl's passing through your town, you know, and they're known, please hire them because they're going to be great. But try to build your homegrown roster because if you have girls that only appear on your site, then they have no customers have no 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 choice but to go to you. Right. So we had Leticia, we had Angelina, we had Kari, we had Alicia, we had Daisy. Um, we brought a girl in from my work named Paradise, beautiful, voluptuous. See now, this I remember. Yeah. Because at some point, we were still in the band together, mm-hmm. and there was some practice or gig or something. That you couldn't make it to. No, it wasn't. The band was over. It was my like birthday or something. Mm-hmm. And you were like, I can't come. I can't go. And it was something, I don't know what it was, but it was something you and I had, you had always been at. Okay. And you were like, it was some important thing and that you, that you couldn't be there. And you were like, and this is why. What did and I say? That was what you told I remember where I was. And you were like, you were... You told me that you were making videos. Oh, that's when I told you. You told me you were making... And this was one around 03. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been at it for a while. Yeah. And so uh, you were like... You weren't sure how I was going to take it. Because I uh, was a volunteer at the Rape Crisis Center. I was was definitely uh, being called a feminist so much I decided to accept that and and be on board with it. And I was making at that time what uh, I was definitely calling feminist film. And so you thought that I would not like it and that I wouldn't get it. You were yeah. worried about my, my judgment. Yeah, yeah. But you did tell me. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this conversation? Remember. And yeah. do you remember what I said? I don't remember what you said. I don't either do. <laughs> anyway, the, the point is, um, what were you telling... Son of a bitch. What were you telling like, your folks? What were you telling well, your no, family? Well, no, because I wanted you to, to, to accept it. Um, and at the time, I didn't realize that what I was doing was, was a very strong... Uh, it was a very, very, it was a very strong feminist kind of slant where I was you know, doing, doing these matches, but I wasn't objectifying. I wanted it to be about the action. I didn't realize what I was, that I, what I was doing was not you know, slimy kind of uh, exploitation. It was it was just like, we're doing these really cool fights. Right, but this is also a thing that I, I didn't know how deep it kind of went with mm-hmm. you. And you were, I think, you weren't ready to be like, this is me and this is what I do yeah. to anyone. Not at all. Not to anyone. Why I'm asking you is, you were, you were having people over, you were, this was, you'd quit your job. Yeah. And so this was being your thing. And, uh, yeah, how did you explain it to people? Because I had to have been one of the first that people was, you so told. So I remember I lied to my parents for a while. They didn't know that I had lost my job. Um, and uh, and also, we when I'd lost my job, that was such a pivotal moment. And that's another big part of this story was, I remember I got an email from a girl who wanted to work for me. Uh, she sent a couple pictures of herself in a bikini. And I was at my work. And I was working at that time for, oh, 
It was the worst. It was a diabetic insurance company for people in Missouri. Like fucking shoot me in the face. How did you get these? I don't. I don't. It even was know. a PR thing. Right. Right. So it was my but, PR degree. Okay. So they're like, okay, well, you do public relations. Let's have you talk to these people who are Portuguese and Hispanic, and, and they live in Missouri. So ah. I was the only person who could speak a, a little bit of Portuguese, a lot of Spanish. So um, so I, I I got really high numbers. I had great. Uh, a great track record with with Hispanic customers, but this fucking dipshit sub fucking boss was standing over my shoulder, and this email pops up, and the first thing he sees is you were reading personal email. It was I was had my I was on my break, so I was on my break, and I'm just like, all right, eating my fucking sandwich, and poop, there goes a girl with a bikini, and he's like, I need you to print out that page right now, sir. And I went, look over my shoulder. First of all, I fucking hate people standing over my shoulder. I fucking hate it. That is my biggest pet peeve. If you're standing over my shoulder while I'm typing, I'm like, get the fuck away from me. Yeah. But he's looking down and he's like, yeah, I need you to print that out right now. And I said, why? It's my lunch break. This is a personal email. Well, you shouldn't be looking at personal emails on company time. I'm like, it's my lunch break. It's my time. He was like, well, I need you to print it out right now. And I'm like, nope, delete. And he got livid, went to a tech guy. The tech guy pulled the email out of the fucking ether. Pull, uh, printed it anyway and then he dragged me into his office like, print it for what reason because he wanted to show some sort of dominance he was like you know you know i'm gonna have to fire you and i'm like are you sure you want to do that because i am running the highest numbers in your hispanic uh roster right now like i'm actually pulling up the highest numbers of, of approvals for for this insurance he's like well you didn't listen to my order i'm like all right you know what do i do the thing where i just put all my shit in the box he's like yeah you better do that okay put my shit in the box went home and had a nervous breakdown. Yeah? The first nervous breakdown I've ever had where I literally fell to my knees. My, my roommate was at work at the strip club, alone in the apartment. I started to cry, like tears. I was just like, what am I going to do? And I was like, do I just go ahead and write out my resume again? Because you were out on your own for the first time. And I also was doing this on the side, the wrestling stuff. Right. And there was that moment. There was that fucking uh, fork in the road. It's like, okay, do I... Do I go ahead and send my resume out on monster.com when it first came out or do I go ahead and just take this last paycheck? Which I was looking at the paychecks versus what I was making on the video sales and they were pretty much neck and neck. Yeah. So I was like, do I take this paycheck and put it towards some new equipment, put it towards some blank VHS tapes? Uh, what do I do? And I just said, all right, this is, I'm gonna fucking take a leap. Let's do it. Let's jump off the raft and see if I can find my own eye. This is 03 also? This is about 0203. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And so I was like, because uh, I'd already shot a couple of videos, but not, not a whole lot. And so I was like, all right, this is the leap. I'm going to try to find my own island and not stay on this raft. So I did it. I, I you know, officially got fired slash quit the job. And I just took that last paycheck and put it towards like blank tapes, which is hysterical, by the way, because I know you, I don't know if you've been through this, but showing up to the post office at 10 a.m. with a Santa mm -hmm. Claus sack uh, of yes, tapes. Yes, I did that. And you have all the ladies in there rolling their eyes when they see you. They're like, it's this motherfucker. Yeah. No, I trust me. When Stamps.com <laughs> came out, my <laughs> oh life my changed. God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> my Stamps.com was a fucking revelation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it, Thank got, you, it Stamps. got better. Com. Yeah, it got better. I don't really do any corporate endorsements, but if Stamps.com asked me to like dance naked downtown, <laughs> I'd be like, let's do it. I feel a similar way toward Popeye's chicken. Oh, yes. But, uh... <laughs> you 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 just had to kind of decide you were going to do it for a living. This was how you're going to get your yeah. money. It was the, either this or, or try to just find another job. Right, and you didn't. I mean, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Right. So uh, the obvious fears of can I pay my rent? Am I going? Is this all going to work? How long did that period last it where you were super months. scared? It was months because you get that imposter syndrome kind of thing where you feel like at any time you're going to open your front door and there's going to be six guys in black suits saying like the jig is up right you're cheating the system you need to be working a nine to five where someone's telling you what to do 
the fact that you are literally commanding your own life and running your own company without any sort of corporate oversight, mm -hmm. this is a cheat. Get the fuck into this jail cell. And I, I live with that every day thinking, when's the, when's the other shoe going to drop? Right. Right. Um, and, and you had some trouble in there. In there's the a lot of trouble. Days. So, so this is stuff that people have never heard before, uh, and this is why I really wanted to do this podcast with you. So, the girls that I was with, Kari and Alicia, um, they felt they were, they were being underpaid. Uh, Kari started to date the camera guy, mm -hmm. and they all, the three of them, suddenly got together and they're like, "Santiago's underpaying us." In reality, I was paying them as much as I could. Sure, I was doing like I think a hundred a video, which is barely what I could afford. Right, you were just kind of. Not really in the green. You're kind my of dinner the was ramen noodles every night. If Mike brought some food leftovers from his work, I would fucking right, sure, tear it go up. in there and tear it up. My parents were bringing over food, and I'd be like, oh, you didn't have to. And then they would leave. I'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like Cookie Monster, that shit into my face. <laughs> I don't need it. I do. <laughs> and, uh, and so suddenly they sent, me, they sent me an email, and they were like, we feel not only that you have been underpaying us, but that you're cheating us. So what we're going to do is since we know that we're the only talent that's currently working for you, either you relinquish the title and the name and the ownership of your site to us and we let you stay with us as a employee or we leave you 100% and uh, you lose your talent and you can't produce any more videos. So that was the, those were the terms? Those were the terms. It was blackmail. It was basically like either you lose us and you can't shoot anything again because obviously you can't find any other women. But you just named like several. But they had left. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, Angelina, Leticia had gone to go study, be at school. Mm -hmm. The other girl at work had moved on to another job. So they knew so, they were the only okay, two. Okay, so at this time, those were that was it. Yeah, our videos for a while was just me versus them or them versus each other. So I, this was, I feel like, so early on, wasn't this around 03, yeah, 04? Yeah. And the, the, the ringleader was, was the guy, the camera guy. He was just like, well, fuck, why don't I own Super Kids World? Um, and I, I, didn't, I think he might have coincided with the other girl. Uh, and they just been like, well, fuck it. Let's take control of the company and we can build it ourselves. And so... But weren't you cutting and wasn't it your camera? It and, was. Okay. It was. And so I had my second nervous breakdown in less than a few years. And my brother and my friend David came over that night and they saw me. I was a wreck. I was like, I've, I'm done, you know? And they, they, they sat me down. They're like... My brother, I think, was the one who's like, you know what you need to do? Fire them. And I'm like, but I don't have any more. He's like, Santiago, you're going to be able to find more people, but these people are leeches. Fire them. Write them a letter telling them that you officially cut them off from your company and that you're, you, you're going to get that letter notarized. So I, I wrote this letter like, hey, I no longer want your services. I'm actually going to take you off my website so there's no more legal reason for you to and, you know, vlog. So all the, all, the, all the videos I had on my site, 90% of them was them. Right. So I had to take all that down. The only ones that were left were Letitia and Angelina doing a match together called Robbery and I think Daisy versus me and that was it. So suddenly I went from like 10 videos to two videos. Had I done that graphic for you at this point? I don't think you had, no. Okay. This is still like a bare bones version of the website. Right. And so, um, so I wrote them the letter and I emailed it to them and I also mailed it to them by mail. I got it notarized so people, you know, it was official. And at that point, that was it. I was like, okay, well, I, I'm down to just two videos mm. instead of like the 10 or 12 that I had that was making me money. And so this is the weirdest part of this tale. So I used to go to this club uh, Thursday nights. It was a goth night for 18 and up called The Chamber. 
I remember the chamber. And the chamber is for those Atlanta people. It was a huge goth club. It was a really cool night to go because if you were too young to, to drink, you could still go and dance and hang out and listen to this. Oh, I didn't know that about there. Yeah, they had the 18 and up nights. So you can go there. They checked your ID. You know, they gave you a wristband if you were 21 and up. And uh, and you could go and dance and listen to like all this dark shit I was listening to, and I would dance like I was a I danced like I was that guy who would dance by myself and just fucking get all this this, this stress out. Sure. And so there was a a lovely girl that was doing go go dancing that night uh, named Tabby, and uh, and I had talked to her a few times just you know off the cuff. I think Brent, my friend Brent, knew her. But there was one night where I had a card, a business card, and I just. It's so serendipitous. I dropped it. I, I was gonna. I put it in my pocket. Fell on the floor. And it was sleeperkidsworld.com. You know, hey, looking for models. And two days later, I get a phone call from this girl. This girl who was the go-go dancer, and she's like, hey, uh, I found your card on the floor at uh, at uh, at the chamber. Uh, do you still need new models for for your wrestling stuff? And I was like, I fuck yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Now she's like, well, I. You know, I have this girl that I know uh, that is actually training to be a pro wrestler. Uh, she needs some work. You know, she needs some extra cash. Uh, can I tell her about it? I'm like, yes. You know, like trying to like hide my fucking. <laughs> if you don't mind, I <laughs> do <laughs> <it all laughs> um, Meanwhile, still eating like literally eating just the ramen packets at this point, just the plastic that had the ramen pictures on it. Jesus. Dude. And so, and so she goes like, "Well, uh, we're gonna come over and audition for you." I'm like, "Oh yeah," you know, because I need to audition you. Uh, and so she walks in, and in walks this girl who was a pro wrestler training. She was about 19, 20 years old. Mohawk, fucking all the way down to the base of her neck. She had like a Misfits tattoo across her side I of remember her this. Tat she had like a, a baby eating a rat on her arm and she looked badass and she was ripped and she also had the, the most beautiful angelic face in the world but she was just, she was in the, um, I think she was in the Jesus of Suburbia Green Day video. Like if you look at that video, you'll see her in the background. There's even a close-up of her but her name was Jessel and I worked her versus Tabby as the victim, and this girl blew me out of the water. And for that first time since all that shit went down, I felt hope. I was like, holy fuck, she's really good. Tabby was really good too. And suddenly Angelina and Letitia called me. Hey, we have some free time. Are you still hiring for, for shoots? I'm like, yes. And then my friend David was like, hey, I have a cousin whose name is Anne Marie. She wants to try out. And her uh, her cousin, her other cousin is named, uh, um, uh, I forgot, Layla, I think was her name. Uh, she wants to try out too. So suddenly it started to rain and pour. And I felt like, okay, well, I can do this. So suddenly I had six girls and we had this rotation. And then within the next few months, long story short, I got a phone call from a pro wrestler named Lady Victoria, who was just like, hey, we've been seeing your stuff online and I'm a pro. And I've got this other girl named Little Jeannie who worked for WCW, like which was a massive... TV wrestling show named uh, Little Genie, uh, aka Sweet Destiny. We're gonna pass through Atlanta. Do you want to meet us at a hotel and shoot stuff? I'm like, sure. Can I bring two of my girls? Sure. So I brought like fucking everybody over there, and we started to shoot. And suddenly things started to progress, and that's really when the website started to grow. And suddenly the Yahoo group stopped selling videos. I started to post them up on uh, a new. Uh, pay-per-view website called SKWPPV. I remember this. And now the guy that had generously uh, paid for the site in the beginning, now how did that work to getting that back from him? Uh, he literally never asked me for payment. And so Scott, uh, or Scotty as I knew him, um, he, as, as I progressed through, through time, there's too much really to tell, but the rest of it is stuff that you guys really don't need to know. But I was with uh, my friend Gia Primo, who was a wrestler, and he said, hey man, because um, she wanted me to go meet her up in LA. So he's like, if you're going to be in LA, let's hang out. 
I said, okay. So, because it had been already four or five years, right? Right. I show up to his place. He has this beautiful house out near Bel Air. I think the town is called Sherman Oaks. And it's got this view of the San Fernando Valley. Right, you see it if you're sitting in his jacuzzi. And I walked in there and I'm like, holy fuck, no wonder that you, you know. He didn't like, ask you, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, this is literally like uh, under the couch money, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like 29 bucks a month? Come on. You know, and back then 29 bucks was my, my, my yeah, exactly. groceries, yeah. you know? Um, and so that was a friendship. That was immediate friendship. I was like, I love you. And he's like, I love you too. And let's go out to this bar. Let's go hang out. And he showed me a great time. And we became the best friends. I saw him every year, at least twice a year, go out there. Uh, I didn't get a chance to get him out here. He was always too busy. Unfortunately, he passed last year, uh, which is really heartbreaking. But he never asked for that money back. He was always just like, I want you. I want to see you flourish. And he did. He saw what Super Kids World became. And he was so fucking proud. Um, I'm not going to get misty, but anyway, so yeah, so that's when things started to go and I moved from that apartment to, um, the next place, which was a bigger townhouse. I had the room upstairs. Some of you remember there was red mats on the floor. There was a bed next to it. I had people like Lady Victoria, little Jeannie, uh, a bunch of pros started to come through and that's when other models started to join. I, 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 I hired a girl who was an exotic dancer and when you hire one exotic dancer, they immediately got three friends. Right. Like, hey, I'm going to bring these girls over. Some of them worked out. Some of them did not. But we started to get that early roster that were all locals. And that's where the money started to come in steadily because people were just like, oh, where can I find – where can I? Where else can I see this girl? And I was like, you can't see them anywhere else but here. Right. Well, I don't like what you've done with her. Cool. Well, send me a script. And let's get to that. So my friend Victoria and I kind of both discovered what customs were, you know, because – I didn't, she kind of told me like, well, you know, I, you don't have to just produce your own videos. You know, you can have someone pay for it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, they'll send you a script and you quote them a price and you film them. I was like mind blown. Like, really? You Do you can... remember what year that was for you? That was about 2000, when I first worked with Victoria, 2000, 2003. And she's the one who said, well, why aren't you doing custom work? And I was like, I'm blown away by how fast all this happened. Yeah. Because we seem to be. Between 2000 and 2003, a universe worth of shit happened. But what's happening is we're laying the groundwork for the structure of how the business would flourish. This is still not flourishing. I'm still living in a shitty you know, townhouse and struggling to eat. You know, like I remember my downstairs, you came over a few times. My downstairs were like literally like these little fucking posters with push pins in them and like a shitty TV set. We were like trying to just, you know, make ends meet. But she's the one who said, you know, why don't you... Um, we both exchanged ideas. She said, why don't you take custom work? And, and I saw that she was taking custom work, but she, she wasn't releasing her custom videos. So I, in turn, said, well, you should release your custom videos for sale. She's like, well, no. These people think that it belongs to them. I'm like, bullshit. You, they're paying you to film it and then deliver that project to them. That's all they're paying you for. You, you created it, though. You should still be able to yeah. release it for profit. And that was my idea to her. And she was like, okay. Because she shot a fucking video... You remember that? There was, well, there's a, a, um, a show for WWE called Tough Enough. Never seen Where it was basically, it was like a reality show where six or seven guys and girls tried to, you know, to compete to see who would be the next wrestler. Oh, I got yeah. it. One of the girls who, who almost won worked for Victoria and did a fucking custom shoot. And I was like, Vicky, this is like money in the bank. Why right. aren't you? Re-? Well, no, I, I just sent it to the customer. I'm like, did he pay you an exclusivity contract rate? She's like, no. I'm like, then sell it. It's your property. And she did. Yeah. And then she called me a couple months later. She's like, I made so much profit out of that. 
<laughs> and so I said, well, then I will do the same. So then I started to advertise. I'm like, okay, well, you guys send me a script. Uh, and if we agree to the script and the girls, we'll shoot it for you for X amount, which usually what I charge is how much the girls get paid plus like maybe a $50 fee for well, editing. Yeah, but you want to pay yourself because it is your job. Yeah, so I pay myself like at the time like 50 bucks just to edit, to choreograph, to, to direct and to light and all that stuff. And we would then take the raw or sorry, the finished footage and put it up as a video for sale. So the, the, the fucking business design on that is insane. You know, it's like, Someone's pay think about any other business you run. No one does that. It's like, wait, someone paid you to create this piece of art. You give them the art, the finished product, but then you can take a copy of that product and sell it as profit. It's beautiful. And no other company that I can think of can maybe do something like that unless it's like, I don't know, NFTs or some shit like that. But um, yeah, so that's, and like I said, 2003, 2004, we were laying the groundwork for that business model. And it started to grow from there. So then we started to get more girls through word of mouth. I started to go online and, and actually find uh, personals from wrestlers that were coming into town. And then we started to really shape what the content was. And once again, if you're going to do this, try to make it your, your product unique. Don't copy anybody else because people will see your shit and be like, well, you're trying to copy this other person or you're not doing it as well because the copy is always going to be not as sharp as the original. Right. And I started to just go like, okay, we're going to do this and we're not going to do nudity. We're not going to do erotica. We're going to do just real action. We're going to really make it look real even though the girls are not getting hurt. We're going to use local girls that are uh, exclusive to Atlanta plus a couple of visiting wrestlers. And eventually I started to use the extra money to buy better mats, you know, better lights. Eventually I moved to another house after that. That's where we shot. That's the house that was out in Sandy. No, it was uh, La Vista Road. There was one room with a mat in it, but it was a nice mat. Sure, know? yeah. George Perez actually donated the two mats that came afterwards. Thank you, George. Um, he was like, you need more mats? I'm like, yeah, well, I'll send them to you. And so like $600 worth of mats suddenly appeared in my, my front yard. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and so then that house became the house down the street. Which I don't know if have you been to have you been to the one that I looked before at this. I one? don't remember, dude. I honestly don't remember. Yeah, it's right down the street, and I had a huge studio there, and we started to kind of build our brand, which was cu custom work, but it had that it, it leaned toward knockouts. You know, we didn't really like we didn't like to do anything that was too abusive. I didn't like anything anything misogynistic because we had so many requests for that kind of shit. I was going to ask in terms of requests, I'm sure this is a question that you get a lot, but um, you know, where did you draw the line? What sort of requests were you turning down? Things like that. I mean, because you said no nudity and no, no real sex and things like that. Yeah. Um, obviously people will think, well, well, custom was what I want. I pushed the envelope a little bit. Were there things yeah. that you, so, um, I, I've become way more uh, relaxed as of late. I have a sister company now called SensuallySavage.com, and we have done more sensual stuff. It's, it's in the name, you know. The girls will wrestle each other. Uh, there, there is a lot of lesbian overtones. You know, there's been some like orgasm stuff, but without nudity. We did one or two topless scenes, but that's restricted to this particular company. I wanted to be like, all right, if we're gonna do this, well, let's do it right. Let's do it with good lighting. Let's do it with good storylines. But for the most part, ninety percent of the time. Uh, I, I, it would be, like you said, no nudity, uh, definitely uh, no misogyny. That was a big thing that was I realized was so huge amongst a lot of the fans. They wanted to see women talk down to. They wanted to see 
if a male won the match, it was a very degrading scenario. And what, like, why, why did you draw the line at that? Why was that something where deep you... Deep down inside, like, it just felt really wrong to me. I, I don't know. I mean, at the time, I mean, I look at it now, obviously, and it's because I just feel like it, it's very, it, it's just, it's, it's offensive to me to, to take this. Because I, I worked so hard to balance it in such a way where it's not about this is a man versus a woman. We never painted our, our mix matches to be gender versus gender. It was always like two equal wrestlers. Right. Just we happen to have separate sets of genitalia. You know, there's no, at no point during any of my matches does anyone scream like, you know, you, you know, learn your fucking place. You're a woman. Yeah. Uh, and also same thing with the girls. I'm like, you're not going to turn to the guy and be like, you're a piece of shit, worthless male. I'm like, no, no, we're all equals here. Yeah. So when you win, it's always like, I won. I'm happy that I won. I defeated this person who was my equal. I mean, it sounds to me like you're sticking to what appealed to you about that early stuff that you saw. When you were making that curated experience for yourself, meaning that you were taking those tapes and everything that you saw, pictures, whatever, and the appeal to Sleeper Kids World in the beginning was... And those tapes that you made too was that you you know you took your particular feelings and the things that you're into and you made it a specific thing and you're still kind of holding to that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I always I didn't want ever want to copy anybody else. And I've taken other people's work and been inspired by it. You know, there's been other companies. Where I'm like, that's a pretty good idea. Let me put my own twist on it. Right. You know, because there's a finite amount of, of of angles you can take. But I've never set out to copy someone else's work. I think that's just like. It's just puerile to do it, and like, and I never wanted to turn it into a battle of the sexes. I definitely didn't want to turn it into anything degrading. Um, there are some companies, you know, for my sensual site. There's some videos where it's like, oh, this is a woman or a man who's being submissive to somebody, but on purpose. Mm -hmm. This is somebody who wants to be submissive. So we've done some videos where the girl's like, oh yes, you know, dominate me this way, or the guy will be, you know, submissive to the female. And you know, and be dragged around the ground and like forced to walk like a like a dog and talk this way and that way. But it's something that where it's very respectful. You can tell that this is more like a sub dom relationship, right? As opposed to oh, you know, this is a person who hates women. Um, and even the stuff where it's like low blows and we're like doing stuff here where it's like karate, male versus female. We always treat it very much like camp. It's not about who the better gender is. It's just about having fun creating this kind of role play. And I feel like a lot of the fans of the stuff uh, really like that. And the fact that not tooting our own horn, I'm, I'm mostly giving the credit to, to the girls I work with, but we really pay attention to detail. Like we want you to, whether it's the camera, you've seen some of our work. I have. Whether it's the camera angles, the lighting, the, the direction, but also the selling of it. We want to tell a story. We want it to be dynamic. We want people like, holy shit, there's a cool angle and look at the fucking lighting here. Mm -hmm. And someone really put work into it. And much like your stuff, like they're having a really good time. Well, and also you've now, um, you've got the work to speak for itself. So you don't, uh, you know, people that want to work here, they know what they're getting into, how they're going to look, how they're going to be portrayed and what, this, what the end product is going to be. And yes. you don't have to worry about that sort of anything anymore. Yes, you know, and the, the other thing that I'm really proud of is, I mean, there's, there's so many things that I'm proud of that we've accomplished that I didn't realize after the fact. One of them is the fact that, um, yes, word of mouth. People know what we are. You know, I've had people contact me and be like, yeah, I know, you know, I'll talk to them and be like, okay, so my name is Santiago, but, I, you know, I run Sleeper Kids World. And I go, you know who the fuck you are. Nice. And I'm like, 
oh, okay, wow, oh, everyone talks about you. Okay, cool. Uh, at one point, one of my friends went to go do a private session. So I don't know what you guys, you know, a lot of you guys know what private sessions are, but if you're a wrestler and you could do a private session with the customer, uh, let's say there's a guy who really wants to do some grappling role play, he'll meet you at a hotel, you're the girl, he'll pay you a really good price, usually it's between $300 and $400 an hour, to role play with this person. My friend went to go role play with the guy, and she was known through the website, and this guy paid her buku bucks to, to role play with her. In the middle of the fucking match, they take a break, and she t- turns to her and goes, so what's Sleeper Kid like in real life? And she was like, I'm in lingerie, looking hot as shit in front of this dude, and his main concern was, what's Sleeper Kid like? And I was like, fuck, that's crazy. But right, but you, <laughs> you still said a key to it is, the, is, is having that personal communication right yeah. and having that so you know there was a transparency about it but but you're appearing in the videos you're an actor yeah and so there's that difference what i'm what i keep thinking about while you're telling this story is that you know the last time you told me like about your own personal feelings yeah and sorting out the whole thing for you personally was when you did that first uh that time going to the hotel room yeah and you said i'm just getting ready i'm just now figuring my shit out because yeah. this is the first time i'm doing it where are you now and how did that evolve so i continued i i still am exploring my own kinks um and i like i said at the beginning of the the podcast i don't think i have a fetish because you know when i am with someone physically when i'm with my partner like we don't have to have wrestling be a part of it do you feel like that's a misconception I think that a lot of people just don't know what the word fetish means. Gotcha. It's like people who just like, I have a shoe fetish. I'm like, do you need you a shoe? Seriously? Yeah, do you, do you need a shoe like around when you're fucking? Because that's a fetish. <laughs> if you just like shoes a lot, that's maybe a little emotional kink. That's one of those things like yeah. spirit animal. or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Really just keep it out of your face if you don't know what it means. But like I'm still exploring myself. I've had wrestling matches, you know, with, with uh, I'm, I'm actually trying to create a male versus male version of my site because I know there's a huge market for that. Mm-hmm. But it's difficult to do because there's, with guys it's different because like I'm trying to get guys to come work with me that are more like into just the role play aspect of it mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys who want to use it as an entryway for for stuff that i don't want to do which thank you men for you know fucking <laughs> reinforcing those stereotypes so yeah it's harder with guys but with uh, i'm not surprised by that. yeah not surprised at all <laughs> but uh, no I've, I've i've had matches with men i've had matches with women i still have a kink for i have many sub kinks you know i love certain kinds of attires certain kinds of, of dress certain kinds of body types certain kinds of dialogue i really like so many things that go into this but i don't have a fetish and i think that's a good final lesson is like if you have a hardcore fetish for this and you're filming it and all you do is film your fetish you're gonna fail because people are gonna you're, you're thinking you're just creating gold because you're just filming the thing that you think is the best but everyone else who's your customer is going like why am i seeing 16 videos of the same thing why am i seeing 38 videos of this girl doing this to this girl with the same outfits this guy's just shooting what he likes to see and he's wondering why he's fucking losing money no you have to be creative you have to come up with new ideas I was just talking to you about coming up with a, an idea that was an homage to your work because like, I was just like, oh shit, there's this thing that Andrew did I really like, but what if I mix it with this particular combat aspect mm-hmm. of it? And to me, it's about creating a hybrid and coming up with new shit that maybe it's not my kink, but I know I know the, just the creative forces that go into it. People are going to see it and they're like, oh shit, that was fun. We did the one that I sent you where it was like the Jason Voorhees one. I loved that. Yeah. And I, 
I didn't do it because I have a Jason kink or I have a, a Friday the 13th kink. It's actually my least favorite of all those movies, but I was like, wouldn't it be cool if we just incorporated the limp aspect of it, the girls being carried around, mm-hmm. no actual bloody murders. Now, did just, that come out? Did people dig oh, that? Oh, yeah. They fucking lost their shit. And I released it on Halloween. And, uh, and they were just like, fuck, yeah, let's have another one. So I shot a second one. And I think I'm about to release it soon. I don't think I've released it yet. Um uh, but there's more on the way because the guy I hired is like six foot nine. I'm like, how the fuck am I not going to get him to come? Exactly. Yeah. But it's, you know, that's not my kink. That's not my fetish. But I think it's so much fun to watch that I hope that someone else out there is going to see that and go, fuck, can't believe you did this. And so now we're at the stage where I am now living very comfortably off of this company. It's still weird to say that out loud. But yeah, like I, I can now do stuff like take a vacation if I want, you know, um, I can go out and see the world. I can, but I can still come back and, and work. I can still come back and, and create stuff that I know the fans are going to love. But I, I now am able to, to look back on this and go like, shit, you know, it's, it's self-sustaining now. Right. But you've got to have that thing about it that keeps it like exciting and interesting for you. The, the thing that's like inspires your creativity and inspires you to work as hard on it as you did. It was cr- Yeah. So interesting. I was just out in LA uh, to see my friend George a couple of weeks ago, and uh, and when Scotty died, when Scotty passed away, I also was out there, and I ran into a guy named Mark. Uh, I won't say his last name, but Mark runs a company out in LA called Double Trouble, which is the company that I first saw. Right, I remember that name. And he came up to me, and he was just like, "Hey, yeah, Santiago, sleeper kid, I know you, you know." And and uh, and the second time I met him over uh, at George's gathering, I was like, you know. People are saying that I'm the East Coast version of you. And he's like, oh, yeah, you definitely are. And I was like, how, you know, how, how the circle, you know, kind of goes around where like now the company that I used to flip through magazines mm-hmm. to look at pictures of is telling me like, yeah, you are the East Coast version of us. And, you know, because he was just he was just telling me like everywhere, you know, every, every other girl that shows up knows who you are and tells me how good it was to work with you. And that's the other thing. If you have a good time working with people, they'll come back. And if you're not a dipshit, if you're not an asshole, if you're a patient producer, if you're a patient director, and I've never lost my shit. I, I'm sure you've, I've seen your behind the scenes stuff. You know, when a girl fucks up, you laugh your ass off. Yeah. You think it's hysterical. You're like, it's okay, let's do it again. I've seen producers who lose their shit if a girl doesn't get shit right in X oh, amount I'm sorry, of takes. but I've ruined more of my own takes than <laughs> anyone has. You just crack up. Oh, yeah, I can't stand I it. I think I have seen that. Like, if a girl says something extra funny, you're like, Bleh! I mean, I... Come on, man. I mean, it has to be fun for you. This is really why producers or directors, like, sit all the way in the back, I think, in, during professional productions. Because, like, if you see, like, Judd Apatow movies, you can hear him in the back, like, like, yeah. shit. Yeah, you know, you want to throw out wild lines and just, oh, I got this. You know what the joke I wrote? That, that thing was only funny three months ago. Now it sucks. <laughs> Say something else. Say anything else. <laughs> you know? But what I what I hope that people then take away from this conversation is not only knowing a lot more about you than they did, yeah. but also sort of uh, getting an idea of more of who you are personally, why you do it, why you continue to do it, how it worked, and you know if they're that kid right now yeah. who is looking at your stuff and going like, uh, this seems impossible, um, hopefully then and inspired to... And it doesn't even have to be wrestling. It could be anything could that be anything. they're into. Yeah. Uh, showing them that you know this is this is something that a fan can do, and there is a place for your uh, interest and what you want to create. 
it's as unique as you are as a person. And I think that's the key is if you want to do this, and I know a lot of up and coming producers and I respect them all. And, and that's the other thing I love. I love seeing young people doing this. A lot of older producers will see them as competition. You've not mentioned once competition no, in this entire no. conversation. Because I don't have any. And, the, and I don't say that as in like I'm a badass. I say it as in I've done something so singular and unique that – and I've gotten so good at it. I've gotten so good at the things that I do well that I know that if anyone else tries to do it exactly like how I do, it's going to fail. Because people are going to say, well, you're trying to copy this guy. But if you do it your own way, if you do it with your own approach and you bring in your own ideas and you have your own set ideas and your own story ideas and, and your own directional skills, then I'm going to be fucking blown away. I'm going to be like, hell yeah, that's new. Well, one of the most important things to me uh, that you've said at this time uh, through this entire conversation was just like, you know, no one's going to be able to get this anywhere else. Mm -hmm. This thing that I've made, there is nowhere else for you to get yeah. this. And that's what you got to work on on forming uh, as a product. And also, you have to have a healthy respect for your, your talent. And I wouldn't be anywhere without the people that I work with. Um, yes, I feel like I'm a good producer. Or sorry, I'm a good director because I have patience and I, I know how to crack jokes. And I can really guide someone through the process of getting that one good take. But it doesn't matter how good you are as a director. If you don't have someone who is receptive and talented and can really understand what you're trying to tell them, then you're just screaming at a wall. Sure. Well, when when I'm asked uh, for advice, my biggest thing is don't be a creep. Yeah, that should be the bare minimum. Because there's a lot of creeps out there. Don't yeah. be a creep. And you only work, I mean, you don't even work in the fetish industry. You work doing... This is uh, underground film. Doing underground film. Yeah. And, and if there's that much creepiness in that, then you better believe in the fetish industry. There's a lot of fucking... I'm sure. What we call GWCs, which is guys with cameras. They're mm -hmm. not... They call themselves producers, but it's just a guy who bought a camera and wants to do creepy shit and wants you wants to get away with fucked up shit and wants to get away with paying you what you're not worth. And so... If we're going to just put a button on the end of this, really just be respectful, come up with something original, don't copy somebody else, just really, you know, put out something that you think you want to see, you know, the, the thing, and that's really what my biggest goal was when I started this company was I want to put out the, the kind of website that I wanted to discover when I was 16. Yeah, that wasn't there. So you that had to be there. the one to do it. Yeah. But if you're just trying to reproduce that, it's not going to go as well. But yeah, I always wanted um, – right now, SuperKidsWorld.com has always been free, always been absolutely free. There's no pay. There's no pay-per-view. There's no streaming uh, payments. If you want to go in there, there's literally almost a million free photos and vid caps there that you can go look free of charge. There's free uh, trailers. There's a whole podcast you can listen to. This one, obviously, that, that's there available streaming. We've always made that site free because when I was 16, everywhere I went was a pay site. Mm. And I was like, shit, wouldn't it be great to find a company that just gives all this shit for free and gives you the option to buy somewhere else, which is skwppb.com. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's that's where I'm at now. And um, like you said, I mean, life expectancy is 70 what? <laughs> 79 point something. So I'm about to hit 45. So I'm hoping that I can, you know, beat that mark and still have fun doing it. No, man. I think having your head on straight about what you do, having the reputation of somebody that's got their head on straight, mm -hmm. that takes you as far as you see fit to go. Hell yeah. Well, thank you so much. I think this has been a good way to tell the story. Um, and like I said, just guys, please give it a shot if you want to do it. Just if you're going to do it, be serious about it. You know, don't don't half ass it. And, and I think you'll 
you guys will do well. But uh, this has been Andrew Shearer of gonzorific.com who has uh, interviewed me beautifully. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, and uh, can you tell them where to find your stuff again? Yeah. Once again, gonzorific.com. Which is yeah, awesome. it'll lead you to all the places that you may want to go. That's the mothership. And if you guys like really badass, hilarious, off-kilter content uh, with, I mean, amazing actresses and beautiful direction from Andrew. Thanks. Uh, and just some of the, like, most askew ideas that I wish I would have thought of first, uh, go to gonzorific.com. I'm actually going to uh, shoot something that's going to be a tribute to his stuff so you will know what it is when you see it. Believe me. Oh. Uh, and for my stuff, once again, skwppv.com and uh, Instagram, skwproductions and I'm skwatlanta on Twitter and of course the free stuff is sleeperkidswell.com and the sister site that does have a little bit of booby is um, sensuallysavageproductions.com if that's your thing. But uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye guys. Adios.